everybody, and welcome to another My Ruby Story. This week, we're talking to Elia Skito. Elia, do you want to say hello? Hello to everyone. Uh, do you want to just uh, introduce yourself real quick, remind people who you are, and then we'll tell them where to go find your Ruby Rogues episode? Yeah, um, I'm Elia Skito. I'm a 36 uh, Ruby developer. I've been uh, developing with Ruby since 2006, and I'm mostly known for Opal the Ruby to JavaScript compiler. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. I, I want to geek out about that, but I'm going to hold off for a minute. Yeah. Uh, we did talk to you on episode 430, released in September of 2019 of Ruby Rogues. So, uh, yeah, uh, if people want to go hear more about Opal, then, uh, yeah, go check that out, and then we'll geek out on it a little later in the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, yeah, you mentioned you're 36 years old. I, I, think, I think we uh, chit-chatted for a minute in Italian on the last uh, yeah. Rogues. Um, if I remember right, you live in Milano or around Milano? I, I live uh, almost in Milano. And uh, yeah, I work for uh, Nebulab uh, uh -huh. currently. And uh, uh, also what mentioning, uh, I have five wonderful kids. That's nice. A, yeah, that's part of the story. Yeah, <laughs> I have five kids as well, so. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Five kids is a lot in Italy. I, I didn't meet too many people that had more than one or two. So Yeah. Yeah, let's keep Ruby weird. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I love it. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm kind of curious. Um, let, let's uh, roll back a little bit, talk about your coding journey, and then we'll talk a little bit more about your personal life. Um, how did you get into programming? Oh, I was fascinated by it uh, in high school. And uh, at that time, I think the thing I encountered was DHTML. <laughs> Not sure. DHTML. DHTML. Oh, the good old days. Yeah, that yeah. was when I was in high school too. You're a few years younger than me, but yeah. <laughs> DHTML. And uh, at that time, I was fascinated by uh, being able to move stuff in web pages and uh, write in the status bar, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And then I downloaded, I think, uh, some guide from Mozilla uh, or Netscape about mm -hmm. JavaScript. And uh, I didn't really understand uh, English enough to <laughs> understand anything, but I, I think I, I read almost through it and uh, got nothing, almost nothing. And then, uh, went on and tinkered with uh, examples uh, and tried to move uh, elements on the page. 
didn't know what I was doing, but it was fun. And, nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that reminds me a bit of when I was coming up through the same kind of thing. I was building web pages and yeah, I'd copy and paste little snippets of JavaScript and then figure out how to move stuff around in the DOM. And yeah. Yeah, really fun. <laughs> yeah, at the time I was uh, losing a ton of time uh, on uh, colors <laughs> on the desktop mm-hmm. and Windows. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Very After cool. that, uh, I went to the university and uh, yeah, the the last years I had to pick uh, like the final project and right. that was meant to be like a CMS or some something like that. And so I started researching uh, software to do that. So uh-huh. I bumped into like uh, the usual Joomla and there was something called Plone back in that day. I think it was Python. I bumped into Django and uh, I tried a, bu- a bunch of those. None of them was really working when I tried the, the examples. Mm-hmm. And then I, I found, uh, because it was uh, also meant to be something uh, visual with uh, UI and uh, cool moving, moving things. Uh, it was, I, I think, two th- yeah, 2006. So there was uh, the first uh, JavaScript experiments of uh, Google, the good mm-hmm. stuff. And then, uh, uh, so I, I, f- I found uh, Scriptaculous, which was uh, huge in that day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was uh, really cool effects uh, for JavaScript with uh, like uh, uh, smooth movements and uh, animations. And, yeah, uh, it was kind of a precursor to like jQuery or jQuery UI. Yeah. Yeah. And it was based on prototype. Yep. And uh, it was uh, uh, deeply linked with uh, this project called the Ruby on Rails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I saw the, like, uh, uh, something like an ad down in the page for sometimes. I never clicked. And then one day I clicked and saw this, uh, what's now known as a oops video. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The whoops yeah. video. How to build a blog in Rails. Yeah, Whoops. 15 minutes. Whoops. Yep. Yeah, and it was great. It blew my mind because I, I already done uh, a bigish for, for me at the time project in uh, PHP. It uh-huh. was like a mail client at the university with uh, PHP and PostgreSQL. Uh, it was the database project. And so I knew the pain of uh, connecting to the database and uh, setting up the page and all the stuff. Yeah. And so then I, I saw this video and I was amazed. And uh, then I tried it and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> And that was it. <laughs> no, it wasn't it. Mind was, blown. Yeah, mind blown. <laughs> I love it. Uh, because after that, uh, I started uh, reading more on the Ruby Race page and looking for documentation and to learn more things and going past the, the examples and the tutorial in the video. Mm-hmm. And I found that this language had something uh, 
especially when I found the Pognac Guide, the comic book. Uh, oh, yeah, guide, the point, uh, wise poignant guide to Ruby. Poignant, yeah. Yeah. And not because of the guide by itself, but because the underlying theme that was moving Ruby. And uh, to me, that was a beauty. Uh, that was this sense of beauty that was, uh, it was uh, like a red line throughout the, throughout the language and everything mm -hmm. I saw related, related to it. Yeah, that was great. And uh, it's still great <laughs> because uh, Ruby is still that uh, beautiful language and it's, it's concise, it's uh, elegant and you can write uh, art with it. I, I'm not meaning that <laughs> I'm writing art every day and it's like, uh, I don't know, Picasso for programming, but it's, uh, it's still something you can uh, do with, uh, yeah. yeah, with love. I don't know how to, how other to say that. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting because I mean, there's a certain aesthetic for lack of a better word to yeah. rails and it's very expressive. And so, yeah, it feels almost like you just get to put up in the editor exactly what you want. And you can be as artful or not in the way that you put your code together. And yeah, at least that's kind of how I see it. I don't know if that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. And that's this thing that uh, when you see something beautiful, you are somehow loved by it. Mm -hmm. It's uh, pleasurable, but it's more than pleasurable when something is, uh, when a room is beautiful and you enter it, it's great. Yep. And so you, you can easily translate that to a piece of code. And uh, of course, don't get me wrong, <laughs> we have seen that legacy code that's awful. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ruby is beautiful until you get into that Rails app. <laughs> yeah, but even then uh, you can make it beautiful. <laughs> so yeah. it's uh it's still a uh, potential yeah so uh i'm a little curious so you get into rails and it sounds like one of the things that drew you in was just that yeah the the setup was relatively easy compared with other systems and that you could just get in and start working on the app without worrying about all of the config yeah yeah, the, the, the usual uh, selling points of race. Right. Like, yeah, conventional configuration. Yep. The, don't repeat yourself. That stuff was, uh, was big because I was uh, just after the, I, I was, I just experienced the pain of doing the stuff manually mm -hmm. and uh, having to, to strive toward that uh, result by myself without getting there in the way that race did. So yep. uh, that was uh, that was like uh, an arrow to the heart. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting the way you're talking about it because um, when I was in college, I had played a little bit with Lamp Stack, which mm -hmm. is PHP MySQL. Yeah, um, and I had kind of picked it up because a friend of mine had been playing with it. He'd actually been building e-commerce sites and selling sports equipment and making quite a bit of money, right? Which you know, that made me really interested in it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, when I got my first job out of college at Mosey and they were using Ruby on Rails and we used it to solve one of the problems that we were facing, you know, I got in and I was like, oh, this can actually be enjoyable, right? 
I mean, it was fun putting together a website that looked nice and, you know, came together in the right ways, but it was a different story when, you know, when I could actually get in and do something with rails and yeah, you know, it, it was, it more closely expressed what I wanted it to say. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't have to go and fiddle with all the PHP settings to make it do what I wanted. <laughs> so how long were you doing rails before you really got into Ruby and realized that a lot of the expressiveness and things that you enjoyed about Rails were coming from Ruby. Oh, I think uh, I picked up a bunch of Ruby from the from the comic book guide, and uh -huh. then uh, uh, got myself uh, the PKX book, and then and use that uh, like uh, a reference to get deeper into stuff. But uh, then. Uh, yeah, the, the really starter was the Pugnet guide. So it mm -hmm. was uh, almost from the beginning, along with the online examples for race and that stuff. Right. So after, after college, I went in this uh, company uh, that was doing uh, test equipment for uh, satellites. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, uh, that was fun, uh, actually, but uh, uh, I was the only one uh, using a Mac uh, uh, with this uh, weird language called Ruby in a world of uh, Linux and Windows uh -huh. and uh, with uh, like uh, super strict proxies to get to internet and I wasn't able to download from Ruby Gems because there was... Uh, an HTML uh, password fence. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of, uh, yeah, kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, but there it was great because I was able to do a bunch of very interesting things and was able to deepen my knowledge of Ruby. I used it to simulate CPUs, uh, not in a fast way, but in a correct way. And uh, I, I also spent some time working on a Cucumber-like uh, testing uh, framework in Visual Basic 6. That, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and desperately try to make it look good and, uh, and similar to Ruby. <laughs> and then, uh, what else? Uh, oh, doing Windows GUI stuff with Ruby is fun as well with uh, TCLTK. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's still in the standard library. I think they extracted it to a gem. And I've been there from 2007 up to 2011. And at that time, I, I got my first uh, real uh, race uh, job, uh, like uh, in a full blown agency with uh, race clients. And I was able to, to do proper race, proper Ruby stuff. And at that time, that's what, when I encountered the JavaScript in a more serious way. Uh, yeah, let's say felt the pain <laughs> of jumping from Ruby to JavaScript. Uh, that eventually got me to do the reverse jump from JavaScript to Ruby. Because uh, yeah. uh, I think in, after the first project that involved a bunch of JavaScript, a, at the time, CoffeeScript was uh, was uh, uh, doing great, and uh, or, or almost uh, let's say 
was uh, starting to take uh, take pace, and uh, so I I thought uh, uh, there must be something for Ruby from Ruby to JavaScript, and uh, I found like uh, five or six projects that were trying to do that. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood, and I just launched my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. yeah, I mean, did did you create Opal or did you take over the project? I'm trying to remember the exact details here. No, no, I didn't create the project. Uh a guy much smarter than me <laughs> created it. And uh, I think he already created some translator from uh, Objective-C to, to JavaScript or stuff like that. He was really into this stuff and really good uh, at making this stuff work. Uh, but I bumped into the project and again, it was the only one that kind of worked. And, uh, at that point, uh, I started what I usually like to do with a new project, and uh, I like to make myself comfortable and uh, uh, like uh, streamline the tooling because I was interested in using it. And uh, so I made the connection with uh, Rails. I made it work with uh, Ruby 1.8, which wasn't, and uh, that kind of stuff. So I started committing. Uh, and contributing and uh, starting to understand uh, things about compilers and uh, how it was uh, thought and studied the project. Uh, then eventually I became the maintainer. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me too. It's, oh, well, I love Ruby, so I'm going to go and work on this project where I write a whole bunch of JavaScript to transpile it. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like uh, uh, people writing C. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's the same deal with people who go, they love Ruby, so they go join the Ruby core team and they wind up writing C. Yeah. To support Ruby. Yeah, uh, it's similar. <laughs> but in the end, uh, uh, it's very rewarding. And uh, yeah. for myself, uh, I learned so much stuff about Ruby, not just about JavaScript, because of course, right. you, you need to deepen your knowledge of JavaScript and prototypes and... Uh, crazy stuff about that but uh, actually when you try to implement Ruby and the core library and the standard library there's so many quirks that come out and or uh, uh, corner cases which you would never encounter otherwise right so it's uh, really a learning experience right I mean what does it look like uh, building a transpiler for Ruby into JavaScript is it I mean are you doing the same kinds of things that some of the other ones do where they essentially build an abstract syntax tree and then build it back up into JavaScript? Are you compiling down to WebAssembly? Are you looking at other things? I, I, I'm just kind of curious what this whole process looks like and what the learning curve was for you as you started to pick it up. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the process is the, is the same. There's a small runtime written in JavaScript. I think it's uh, some hundreds of lines of JavaScript. Uh -huh. So it's really tiny. And uh, then we use, uh, we currently use a parser to parse uh, Ruby and build the syntax tree. And then there's the compiler, which takes uh, the syntax tree, 
which is like a symbol, a str or string, and then the actual string. And then you take the structure and you, you build the JavaScript string out of that. Basically, right. that, that's the gist of it. And uh, yeah, uh, for me, the really big step entering into it was uh, reading and understanding what was going on in the runtime. Mm. So how the class hierarchy was mapped to the prototype hierarchy right in a javascript and uh yeah uh for example currently uh if you include a module or prepend a module in opal you actually update the the prototype hierarchy so that makes then sense. yeah you can leverage uh, all the optimization that the browsers do and uh, you actually play the javascript game uh in the right way so uh, every method is mapped to a JavaScript method, and uh, so we we just do the translation. Yeah. Nice. So anything new coming with Opal in the next little while? Uh, so yeah, uh, the the plan right now is to make it uh, Webpack uh, uh, compatible uh, natively, because mm -hmm. uh, we have a fork that's working with uh, Webpack, but I'm porting the the great job done by one of the contributors that is uh, uh, the author of uh, a new framework called Isomorphius. That's kind of mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of meteor for uh, for Ruby. And uh, so I built this uh, fork, and uh, it's actually working, but uh, it requires some some polishing and uh, right. some generalization to get into the core, which I'm doing slowly. And, uh, yeah, then, then, uh, yeah, this, by the way, I want to ex explicitly thank, uh, uh, Nebulab, uh, which is the company working for, for, uh, uh leading the Fridays, uh, that's called the investment time. And we actually get to do open source. And, uh, so since I, I think it's a wonderful thing for a company to live, uh, a whole day every week to do open source. And it's worth uh, praising them for doing that. And uh, yeah, with that, uh, uh, I mean, that's uh, Webpack. Then uh, the next step is that code elimination uh -huh. because I think uh, we can map, uh, uh, reverse map uh, all the method calls from an application. Right. And skip compiling everything that's not in there. Huh. And, uh, yeah. So is and, that like uh, tree shaking? Yeah. Yeah, it will be the Ruby version of uh, True Shaking. And I think that there will be a, a dumb version just taking the method names without uh, matching them to the classes that uh -huh. will already rip, rip games in that sense and reduce the compile. Anyway, the, the average app uh, risks being smaller in Opal anyway because. Uh, you already have the core library mm -hmm. and uh, you don't have to require uh, and include a thousand uh, npm packages so uh, that's that's that risk using uh, opal uh, right. yeah and uh, after that the other thing that's uh, uh, preventing some uh, gems to be compiled uh, right away is uh, mutable strings 
because we're mapping strings to JavaScript strings, which are not uh, mutable. And then uh, uh, that's, that goes uh, against uh, with default, which is mutable strings. Then I, I like to add uh, a string builder for, for Opal JavaScript and uh, have uh, mutable strings support, which is less efficient, less fast, but will uh, increase compatibility. That, that's the plan for, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was going to ask too, you know, yeah, are we going to get to a Meteor type thing that's Ruby on the front and Ruby on the back? And it sounds like there already is. So that's cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me say one other thing I'd like to, to implement is uh, action view component that com uh, the new thing that's go going to be in race 6.1 mm -hmm. to work both on the front end and the back end. So you can build your components and use them as your React components. And uh, instead of uh, rendering the React on the back end, rendering Ruby on the front end, which is something I already experimented in the past and works uh, great. And uh, if it was the actual, uh, the, the same actual structure used for the official uh, action view components, that'd be, I think that'd be a great thing and will, will be uh, interesting for many race developers. But you know, uh, the, yep. you, you can be, build uh, a million things and uh, oh, yeah. there's so many hours uh, in a day. Yep, absolutely. So I guess the other question that I have is, what does a day look like for, for you? I mean, for one, most of our listeners and most of the people that we've talked to on the show are here in the US. And so I don't think people, you know, generally people's lives look the same no matter where they live. You know, if you're in a, a country that has, you know, generally, you know, you know, the same level of yeah. technology and, and infrastructure. But yeah, you know, there are differences and there are things that people don't think about. And so I'm curious, you know, um, when you get up to when you go to bed, I mean, what, what, is, what does life look like for you? Oh, I think the life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I get up uh, at seven, seven, yeah, seven, do my prayers and then uh, bring the children to school. And uh, I end up about that about nine and then uh, nine uh, thirty, I go to work, pick up my bicycle. I have uh, like 30 minutes of uh, biking to, to, um, uh, to the office. And uh, then uh, I spend my day mostly working on Solidus. Uh, we are uh, we are a company that's uh, specialized on Solidus, the the race commerce. Uh, I, I, I we, let, let's give a shout out to Solidus, which is a, a great solution for e-commerce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on race, well maintained, and mostly by us. And uh, no, I'm kidding by, by a bunch of uh, companies that actually use that uh, for uh, really big e-commerces. And uh, yeah, then I play ping pong and uh, doing the lunch uh, hour. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's it. Go back to, uh, go back uh, home, I bike, have the dinner with the kids, play rough and tumble with them. 
And uh, yeah, if I'm able to, I do some open source on the in the evening. And nice. uh, yeah, for for a bunch of years when they were very uh, when they were just born, the first month it was a, a ritual to go there and stay with them in the in the room and, and work on Opal. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So that, that's linked. That, that's why I mentioned it because uh, uh, a bunch of... Motherhood driven development. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, Very I cool. How old are your kids? Oh, they're from the eldest. Eldest one is uh, uh, almost 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter. And the younger one is uh, two and a half. Nice. Yeah. So just a little bit younger than my kids. But yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah stuff it's great to have kids <laughs> oh, kids are amazing boy they they sure uh, make you think about what what you want out of life yeah yeah, yeah. life in color as they say yeah yeah it's it's definitely interesting just being in that place where it's like okay what do i want and then what do i want for them right and how do i teach them how to be the kind of people that are going to make a difference or you know at, at least be happy right and yeah it it's kind of an interesting thing. And then being in a place where you realize that technology has, it definitely has its challenges, but it also has its rewards. And it's okay, you know, how much of this do I want to expose them to? Do I want to predispose them to do, you know, some of the things that I'm doing? Or do I want to, you know, let them kind of chart their own path? Or, you know, maybe I'll expose them to it and they'll decide they don't want to do it. And then, you know, anyway, but that's always interesting too. So, yeah, I think about that as a, uh, service, uh, service for introducing them to life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm definitely getting into, um, I'm going to start podcasting with my kids this week. Oh, that's great. And so, you know, get them into that, but yeah, you know, if they decide later on in life, I don't really want to do podcasts. I mean, it doesn't hurt my feelings, but yeah. And it's really mostly about spending time with them. So yeah. Yeah. Good combo. Yeah. A few years ago at a JavaScript conference, I was approached by Nader Dabbit. And you might know him for the React Native Radio podcast. He's also a developer evangelist for Amazon. And when he came to me, we had a conversation about React Native. And the thing that I love about React Native is that it's approachable, it's web technology, and it's cross-platform. And it makes a lot of things really easy for developers to jump in and do interesting things on mobile with JavaScript. So we've had this show now running for several years, React Native Radio, where we interview people about the React Native ecosystem, some of the things that are coming out in React and how they affect mobile and other options that you have for mobile development. So if you're doing mobile development, you're doing it in JavaScript, you're looking for a good option, or maybe you're just trying to stay current with React Native, then go check out React Native Radio at reactnativeradio.com. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything else that I really want to uh, dive on here and talk about. Is there any other thing that you wish people knew about you that just doesn't quite come through in the open source or the podcast episodes or conference talks or anything else that you're doing? Yeah, I think one, one thing worth mentioning that's really uh, linked to uh, not, not theory, but facts, uh-huh. let's say, is uh, that uh, with all the talks of uh, Ruby's dad, Grace's dad, and everything else, I spent some years working on uh, very uh, uh, demanding sites for the, I'm based in Milan, and uh, as you probably know, Milan is a 
all about fashion. And uh, it's easy to find yourself uh, working in fashion. And we had uh, uh, in the companies I work, we had some really high, high profile uh, clients that uh, I saw once a spike of 300,000 uh, requests in a minute. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they weren't <laughs> served, <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. Because they weren't expected. But uh, we were able to serve uh, uh, a ridiculous amount of requests with, uh, with race and uh, this technology. And uh, also we had the Opal on the front end. Right. And, uh, it made things so much uh, easier to maintain. Uh, let's forget uh, for a moment the beautiness of uh, Ruby and all the things we talk, uh, talked about. Uh -huh. It's really a great technology. The agility it gives you to, to change things and keep things uh, up to date and uh, malleable. Uh, right. Yeah. I was wondering if that's an English word. Uh, yeah, malleable. That's a, mm -hmm. a good description. It that's, is. It's amazing. And uh, you don't get that with other technologies uh, unless you put in some real effort and you. Yeah. You, uh, I should keep appreci appreciating that about Ruby and this ecosystem. And uh, although the hype is gone mostly, uh, uh, it's not the, the most important thing. Uh, there's still uh, some real value there. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I could sit here and say a lot of the same things about Ruby and just go on and on. So I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah. We will end up in some Joe Rogan like yeah. podcast. Yeah, there we go. Hours. <laughs> yep, absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and um, let's roll into picks. Do you have some picks, some things you want to shout out about? Oh, I forgot about picks this time. <laughs> I was preparing the last one. Can I let you go on? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, I'll do some picks first. Um, so I've got a few picks. Um, the, the last few weeks have been really interesting for me, to say the least. Um, I'm not going to go into it on this show because we're talking about Elliot. We're not talking about me. But um, just a few things that have really made the difference for me. One is is that um, a lot of people have reached out and just let me know that they support me and, and appreciate what we've done at devchat.tv. And I kind of just want to thank all those folks for, for you know, uh, letting me know that I should hang in there and that what we do makes a difference. Um, so yeah, I'll pick that. That's great. Yeah, let me do first a technology pick. And uh, I think I, I will pick uh, the work done by DevChat TV as well. Because, uh, oh, the, yeah, the Ruby Rogues uh, podcast accompanied me for uh, several years, helped me learn uh, uh, and speak a better English <laughs> and uh, learn a bunch of things uh, technology-wise. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and also, uh, uh, I would like to support that uh, because uh, uh, I've been uh, in a similar place before and uh, uh, support is a, is a great thing. And uh, for the less technology picks, I'd like to pick a, a movie, which I was almost obsessed about uh, during the last month. And that's uh, the Henry V uh, 
by Kenneth Branagh uh, from 1989. And uh, uh, this summer I read uh, Henry V from the, the Shakespeare play. And uh, then I saw the movie, and that movie is superbly acted and has a wonderful sound score, which, uh, yeah, I really liked it. <laughs> and kept uh, watching uh, scenes from it from YouTube. Uh, yeah. Beyond that, uh, I'd like to pick one of my favorite books of all time, which is uh, uh, both uh, something super serious and deep, and uh, at the same time, a great collection of puns and uh, linguistic uh, uh, plays. And uh, that's uh, uh, Orthodoxy by Gilbert Keith Chesterton. Uh, I've read that, I think, uh, at least five times or listened to it. And uh, it's a great book uh, for any, anyone passionate about uh, that kind of writing. And uh, he is actually able to express uh, re really deep things in a, in a way that uh, I've never seen done by anything, anyone else. Um, that's it for me. Awesome. Well, why don't you share your social media links where people can find you on like Twitter and GitHub and anywhere else that you tend to be active. And then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah, sure. I'm uh, Elia, E-L-I-A, uh, almost everywhere. Uh, that's on Twitter, GitHub and... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, those are the main things. And, uh, then, uh, I would like to share the Opal, opalrb.com. Uh, there was an old site.org that's now, uh, taken by some casino site or some spam site. So it's .com. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, let's find me and let's connect and let's contribute to Opal. <laughs> Yeah, sounds good. If people want to contribute, um, do you have like good first issues and things like that flagged in the issues? Yeah, there's a couple of first issues there. There's a, a really good guide on how to set up the development project. And it's uh, really easy. It's basically being set up and break for, for the first uh, run of tests. Sounds good. All right, folks. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, thanks for coming, Elia. It's been a pleasure. All right, folks. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Meantime, Max out. Out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.